Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaboratives team at Vizient. I'm Michelle Lewis, Senior Director at Vizient and your host for this podcast. In today's podcast, we'll discuss the journey and the use of an improvement methodology through the Vizient's Learning in Action Network. The collaborative project targeted hospital-acquired conditions while focusing on the use of the contextualist model for change. This process challenged participants to look at familiar situations in a new way, uncover opportunities to improve their practice in the context of their specific culture. By understanding the context, you are able to better engage with your team, make impactful and sustainable change, and better serve your patients. Joining us today is Pat Reagan-Webster, Associate Quality Officer with Strong Memorial Hospital that is a part of the University of Rochester Medical Center in New York. Welcome to the podcast, Pat. Hi, Michelle. It's great to be here. Great. So let's dive right in. As a part of this project, each organization chose a hospital-acquired condition where there was an opportunity and would then apply the contextualist model elements. Pat, can you give some background on what topic your team focused on and why? Absolutely. We chose to look at our hospital onset C. difficile infection rates. It's not that we never considered this a problem before. Strong has had a C. difficile prevention team working on the issue since 2014. We had addressed many what we might call low-hanging fruit issues, things like hand hygiene compliance, as well as effective patient room cleaning, and adoption of single-use items. All of these helped decrease our C. difficile infection rates, but we reached a plateau and we're no longer seeing sustained decreases in our numbers of hospital onset C. difficile infections. Unfortunately, that plateau still meant we were higher than many of our peer institutions. Just as we realized that we needed to tackle more challenging issues, the COVID pandemic hit. As we went into crisis mode, most of our traditional infection prevention work was placed on a back burner. When the collaborative was announced, we knew we wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to get back on track and move our C. difficile prevention efforts forward again. Great. Thanks, Pat. So improvement project success can really hinge on the team brought together to participate in the process, having the right team members, bringing together different roles, perspectives, addressing issues in the context, not only supports the project, but also just really impacts the overall success. Pat, can you share a bit about your team that came together on this project? As I previously mentioned, we had already had a C. difficile prevention team in place prior to joining the collaborative. It had been a very active team until the spring of 2021. We suspended the regular team meetings. So nearly a year into the pandemic, our team was eager and excited to get back together and start tackling the issue once again. One of the reasons this team has been a success is it was led by a hospital medicine physician and our medical surgical director of nursing. Our infection prevention team served in a supporting capacity. Our two hospital epidemiologists shared their expertise, and our chief quality officer actively participated in meetings, demonstrating leadership commitment to this effort. But the vision and direction came from this physician-nursing leadership dyad. While we were in a good place with the team previously, we also recognized that we had much additional ground to make up in the beginning of 2021. Our chief medical officer provided funding to several medicine and intervention and intensivist physicians to devote 5% of their time, approximately four hours per week, to infection prevention efforts. Two physicians were assigned to our C. difficile prevention team. The CMO and medicine department leadership sought volunteers for these roles and made it clear that this was not about just funding for 5% relief from direct patient care. Expectations were set for the level of participation required of the physicians. The collaborative work we engaged in allowed us to see how well the model would work and if the physicians were effectively engaged. 
and the evidence was clear. This has now become a permanent role for our physicians, and we have gotten to the point where there is a written job description for it. This has been a real great side benefit of our participation in the collaborative. That's great. That diet approach and the commitment and support of the organization really impacts your work. And I'm going to add a little on there that the engagement from all those people was top-notch as well. While this project targeted hospital-acquired conditions, the focus was on the use of the contextualist model of improvement methodology, elements, and techniques, really focused on understanding the context in which the work is being done. So that understanding the how and why things are being done the way they are before making any interventions. Pat, can you share some of the techniques your team used? Of course. We're very familiar with the IHI model for improvement and lean methodology to drive our quality improvement efforts. The contextualist model was new for us and as such encouraged us to look at things in a different way. While there are many overlaps between design thinking and other performance improvement strategies, this process helped us think differently about the problem and challenge some of our assumptions. We started by looking at the entire activity system at our first team meeting. The team brainstormed all of the drivers that led to our higher incidence of hospital onset C. difficile, and engaging in this process helped us to efficiently clarify our thinking about the nature of the problem we faced. We weren't seeing high rates of transmission of C. difficile in the hospital setting, but rather a high rate of diagnosing and treating patients that had no symptoms of infection and were likely to be colonized with the organism. This enabled us to narrow down what we wanted to include in the scope of our collaborative efforts, diagnostic stewardship and antimicrobial stewardship. Blueprinting was another helpful tool which we used to look at the process of testing for C. difficile infection and for prescribing antibiotics to treat C. difficile infections. This enabled us to see where decision points were and how those decisions were being made. During our initial blueprinting, our team made assumptions, some of which later proved to be wrong, but ultimately served us to better understand the process. Observations and discussions with frontline staff were critical in understanding what was really happening. Physicians went out and started talking with the residents and nurses using the activity system and blueprint to get a feel of what was happening at the bedside. This is where we got a lot of good input on how the process was really working and what was behind what seemed to be inappropriate testing. It was only at this point that we clearly defined what we wanted to accomplish, what the contextualist model refers to as how might we's. This is when we recognized that we wanted to avoid classifying C. difficile colonized patients with diarrhea due to other causes as having C. difficile infection or colitis. In other words, we wanted to improve the specificity of the C. difficile colitis laboratory diagnosis. We were also then able to identify the barriers we were facing and what was stopping us. This is when we discovered we hadn't been talking with frontline providers and staff about colonization versus infection or why treating colonized patients with antibiotics was harmful to the patient in the long run. We learned that we had a culture of more testing is always better that we had to work on. That's great. It's great to hear how these elements are used and the things that came out of that. So thanks for sharing that. As your team worked through the process, Pat, share with us some of the interventions the team put in place. The first intervention or prototype that we rolled out on a few of our adult inpatient units initially was a gut check before C. difficile testing algorithm to educate and visually remind nurses, mid-level providers, and residents about appropriate testing. The visual reminders were diagrams of the algorithm on laminated cards and placed at each workstation. We did go through some rounds of modifying the algorithm and developing subsequent protocol or prototypes and method of presentation and rolled it out further. While we did see some improvement, we still saw more inappropriate testing than we would like to see. 
For our second intervention or prototype, we initially decided to go to a two-step process of ordering a C. difficile laboratory test. First, the provider would order the less sensitive test, and if the test was negative, the provider could order the more sensitive test if they felt it was still warranted. This was not workable because our central laboratory required one testing process for the entire enterprise all six hospitals and all of our ambulatory settings. The two-step process would not work in an ambulatory setting when patients were not likely to come back for the second test. We modified the testing prototype, and instead of requiring a two-step ordering process, we maintained a single order test, but were able to distinguish in the laboratory better between likely colonization and active disease by the order in which tests were run. Great. It's great to hear how you continue to modify those interventions as you went through the process. So we know we all have challenges as we work through our improvement journeys. Pat, what are some of the challenges you and the team had to work through? Well, as everyone is aware, this was a very challenging time. During the collaborative, we had much participation through the summer of 2021 when we had a lull in our COVID cases and people were really excited to get back to normal projects, normal operating. And we were really fully hoping to implement changes in the early fall of 2021. We were slowed down somewhat with the need to involve stakeholders from across the enterprise with the laboratory test intervention, but we're still moving forward. And then we had a second surge of COVID hit us, as well as state vaccine mandates that further aggravated staffing shortages. Lots of things were put on hold, and we relied more heavily on travel nurses. There was much time spent bringing newly arrived nurses up to speed. We were also dealing with burnout and exhaustion at the end of 2021, and that really caused us problems with moving anything forward. So through all the work in the project and beyond, as you all are still working through this, can you share some of your successes and even plans moving forward? Yes, of course. We were able to change our laboratory testing process in late January 2022, technically after the collaborative and after we had successful negotiations across all six hospitals in the system. Beginning in March of this year, our C. difficile infection rate has dropped dramatically. We had been averaging 10 to 12 hospital onset cases per month, and that has dropped to an average of four cases per month over the last three months. We are just starting to get data on the use of vancomycin and seen a decrease in that antibiotic usage as well. Great. Thanks for sharing. And finally, Pat, do you have any ahas or lessons you've learned that you'd like to share throughout this process? Yes. It's really been a frustrating time for those of us working in quality improvement as our hands have been tied when frontline staff are too busy, too exhausted, or too burned out to have much enthusiasm for thinking about change. So what I have learned through this collaborative is that we can still use design solutions that may be automatic or behind the scenes or make staff workflows easier, and they can be very highly effective. The change of our testing system meant that our physicians and nurses didn't have to do anything differently. We did add some burden to the laboratory, but that was a quick learning process. And after they had learned the change in testing, there was no real long-term change in their amount of work to be done. And this enabled us to make a really significant change in a time when we thought no change was possible. Pat, thank you for sharing the work through the project. Thank you for sharing your insights today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Our thanks to Pat for sharing her team's improvement story, and thanks to you for listening. Please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments at picollaboratives at visiantinc.com. From Visiant's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Michelle Lewis. Remember, knowledge is transformational, so let's share it. Mm